Hello, you're listening to Shorthand, a guide to making a short film, a BFI network and Film Hub Southeast podcast. Whether you're actively making a short film or passively thinking about it, this is a podcast designed to help you on the journey from coming up with a compelling short film idea to editing it into a finished product. Applications for the BFI Network Short Film Fund open this month on the 14th of March, and we would highly recommend listening to the previous four episodes on writing, directing, producing, and budgeting for guidance on that process. In this episode, we're going to be talking about casting. You'll hear from directors, a casting director, and an agent about how to find the right actors to help you tell your story. So as a casting director, I usually come on board in the pre-production stage, usually when a project is financed or part financed. So you might get some funding from the BFI or another public funding body and then be doing that last bit of top up with a Kickstarter or something like that. You can approach a casting director at that stage if you're not fully funded, but you you have some money in the bank. I don't usually come on board projects before they apply for funding. I would say now more so because I've done quite a lot of shorts. I am looking for projects that are fully funded in order for me to say, right, we're ready to go. Let's hit the ground running. But that's not to say that you shouldn't approach me if you're not at that stage yet. That's Hannah Marie Williams, a casting director who's worked on BFI Network supported short films such as Dawn in the Dark, The Arborist, The Last Days and Reflection. You're about to hear her discuss why she decides to work on certain projects, the materials that might entice her to do so, and the kinds of conversations she's having with a director and or producer to determine what they're looking for. I get drawn to short films for a lot of reasons and it's made it very difficult for me to turn down short films even though we're working on longer form projects now. Um, I am looking for projects overall that have something to say and that have really rich characters or worlds that they're trying to portray. And I find that there's a lot more that is being done in short films that maybe isn't being done yet in longer form projects, at least the ones that I'm being approached with. So yeah, what entices me to work on a short film is the script, but it can be the team, but mostly it is really, what is the project about? What are we trying to say? And why is that important? And can I give something to that process to make it something special? I really love to be sent the script and a treatment and any references, be it film so we can understand tone and place. But also, I really like to be sent references for actors, even if they're completely out of reach and be realistic with those references for sure, please. (laughs) But it's very, really good for me to know what your taste is, where your eye is going. It's all about tone and, and for us to be able to understand who is this character? How do they interact with other people? We might not be able to get your reference for you, but I've got in my back pocket a list of 20, 30, 40 other actors who are of a similar vein that then we can start looking at and start availability checking. So yeah, I like to be sent the the treatment references and really dive into the world with you in order to be able to understand where your mind is. That process for me is the most important part of the discovery of what we're making is, yeah, just trying to understand what the director's, what's going on in the director's head. 
when we come onto a project, we are having a couple of different conversations. Sometimes they happen in one meeting. I might get brought on by the producer. And so we naturally talk about the constraints around um, budget, logistics, you know, all of that stuff. And then I speak to the director about the creative or the other way around. So whether it happens in one conversation or two separate conversations, those are the things that we're really trying to understand. So what are the parameters in which we're working in? And what do we need to bear in mind that is really going to dictate the level of talent that we're going to be able to go to for what we have in the budget and when we're shooting and all that stuff. Um, And then we speak to the director about the creative and, you know, how far can we push the character? Like how restrictive do we need to be through those series of conversations? What, what our parameters are, what are our non-negotiables? What are the things that are really important and that we need to make sure that we are providing in our suggestions? Cause that is essentially the casting director's job is to understand what you need as a director, as a producer, go and find it and then give you the best options whilst also maybe changing your perspective or your widening those parameters just a little bit. So we start by understanding all of that and then we go out and we find the options and that's done through a myriad of different things. So we might take your reference that we um, spoke about in our initial conversations and we might find, you know, 20 different actors who are similar to that, who are more within the range of what we're looking at. And we'll availability check them. We'll pull together those. We'll find more suggestions. We'll go to all the different places that we're going to find talent pull them all together, and then we'll start going through the initial round of ideas. And then we'll have time for adjustments. So to make sure that we haven't missed anything out in what we're suggesting. And then by that point, hopefully we've got a good amount of people that we all like. And then we start to decide what are we going to do with those people? Are we going to audition them? Are we going to just meet them for a chat? Are we going to send people offers? If anybody's got profile, we have to send them offers. So we decide what we're going to do with the people that we've got as available and potentially interested from that stage. Next up, Hannah talks about whether you should be looking to attain higher profile actors in order to increase the exposure for your short film, or whether you're better off auditioning lesser known actors to find exactly the right person for the part. She also touches on the all important question of fees and how much you should be paying your actors and your casting director. Whenever we're working on short films, that's a little bit of a dance that we have to play because if we're working on something with a bit more budget, or something with a bit more wealth of credits behind, you know, the crew that we've got attached, we can go after actors with more profile and know that we will likely get somebody who's got profile so we can work through those offers. But if we're working on a short film and we don't have those resources available to us and the previous experience to sell the project, we need to do both at the same time. So we when I say both, we need to maybe go after actors with profile and send offers, but we also need to make sure that we're auditioning people as well so that we've got people in our back pocket. So it, it really depends, basically. You might be working on a short film and you really want to attach somebody who's recognizable or you really want somebody who's got like a certain level of experience. So you might be just sending offers out to actors and hoping that somebody will do it for you. But I just think it's a really good idea to also be auditioning at the same time so you can see who's out there. And you might just change your mind as well. You might get somebody who's brand new who can do the job better than the person with loads of experience and profile. Fees is a conversation that we have right at the top of getting involved in a project. For actors, I won't work on a project now that pays anything less than equity minimum. And that's what 
everyone should be aiming for. Equity is the actors union in the UK and they set the standardized rates and it goes up incrementally based on the size of the project. So for a short film, equity minimum is £161, which includes the holiday per day. So I will only work on projects now that pay equity minimum and that's what you should all be aiming for. In terms of casting director fee, we're ahead of department. So, you know, whatever you're paying any other head of department, you should be putting that in the budget for your casting director as well. And it's a conversation. Like, I know that a short film can't pay me a lot. But as I say, I'll get involved in a project if it has something special to say and and I like the team. So offer as much as you can, obviously, without uh, jeopardizing other elements of the creative Finally, Hannah offers her advice for filmmakers embarking on the casting process and why casting the smaller characters is just as important as your leads. I think having an open mind to the casting process is one of the most important things that I could say. And trying to think about what you're trying to say, but also like who else could say that thing. I think a lot of times when I work with new filmmakers, they are tropey things written into characters and 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 also don't throw away your smaller characters you know your leads are obviously very important and I know we're only telling a really short story but there can be some real nice texture and richness that is found in those really smaller roles so so take your time with all of that stuff as well the the main thing is when you're in the audition process to take your time and not rush through that because you can miss things in the audition process that can not be great on set so if you're not sure do another test see them again see another tape see something else or keep looking and the other thing that I would say as well is that for us casting is really really top heavy so we won't be starting on more than say three projects at any one time because the process of finding the actors the right people for it at the beginning of the the project is the most important thing for me we want to make sure we've got enough people, but the right people. So just bear that in mind as well. If you're casting your projects yourself, that you're going to have to put it out, really find where are the people going to be that I need? How am I going to entice them to my project when we don't have too much budget? Get enough of them and then decide how you're going to start doing the audition process rather than trying to catch up with yourself later when you don't have enough options. The majority of my experience with the casting directors have been amazing, and actually, it makes me really sad that, like, the sh- you know the film gets cast or the show gets cast or whatever, and then like you never see them again, and you sometimes spent like weeks and months together, like absolutely like finessing what the kind of language of the project is going to be. The voice you're hearing now belongs to Nadia Latif, a theatre maker, screenwriter, and film director whose short film credits include the BFI Network-backed White Girl and a Film 4-funded short called They Heard Him Shout Alo Akbar as part of the Foresight Anthology. Nadia joins us to talk about her experiences working with casting directors and why it's important to find one with whom you share chemistry and values. I actually think that like the chemistry between you and your a casting director is like the chemistry between you and your DOP or your kind of art director or whatever like it's a really important thing to get right and I've, ha- I've definitely had negative experiences like I've had experiences where I haven't appreciated how that casting director talks to actors and actually 
that casting director is an extension of your work and your sort of reputation within the industry. So I sort of feel like you need to work with casting directors have, that have the same values as you. And I think often I'm quite like generous with my time in that. Like I'm like, we should see an actor, even if we think they like may not be quite right, you sort of don't know. And, and my opinion of casting is that you should always give them a positive experience. Like they've given up their time, they've prepared all these things. Like it's your job to like, respond to that energy do you know what I mean to be like you know thank you and that was amazing and actually let's work together and you you know you never know I've had countless casting experiences where they haven't been right for that project and then for the next project I've just called them up and been like dude do you want to come and do this thing because you absolutely nailed that quality in that audition for that other project I think the thing is with casting directors is directing is really just being a you know question answer in chief I think that's what David Verne calls it and I think that particularly casting like you need to make sure that you have given as much of your kind of vision of the project to that person otherwise you're both going to waste each other's time they're going to be bringing in run actors you're both going to be getting annoyed because you know that they're not right for the part and I think that you have to not micromanage a casting director do you know what I mean you have to be like I trust that you will bring me the type of actors that I'm like interested in and I've, I've very rarely been disappointed. I, th I think they're amazing people, casting directors, and I think they don't get nearly enough credit for what they do, actually, because I'm, I'm quite a zen person in that I believe that any project is about people. Jeremy, you know I it's just the people you work with. So once you've put those people in place, in essence, the project is already complete. It's your job to just enable those people to be their best selves. And so I feel like, you know, casting director's ability to position those people and then, you know, this amazing film kind of happens. Well, yeah, that's that's thanks to them. You know, like they did that for you. In the next segment, Nadia talks us through what's important to her as a director when working with actors, what she's looking for in an actor and their performance and the approach she takes in the casting process. So I think when I'm working with the casting director, the big difference is initially whether I've written it or not, because I think if I've written it, then I've often thought about who my ideal cast might be, whether I can get them or not, like they could be crazy famous, uh, but it's just helpful to think about the type of actor that you're kind of reaching for, the type of performance. But I think that, you know, you have to go into every casting process with a very kind of open heart and open mind, but equally know what's important to you. And I feel like actually the, the more... I do projects, the more I'm sort of quite uncompromising on the things that I know that I need. And, and I think that you should just go, put yourself through as much process as you have to, like don't give up until you find like exactly the right actor because they are out there. There's loads of amazing actors. You can begin to feel quite panicked quite quickly, but you're like, oh no, you know, I haven't found them on in the first week. You know, I just completed a 10 week casting process to get six actors. And it's brilliant. And then on the last day, we found the perfect actor for the final role. You know, that's how it works. You just keep going till you find the person who's right for the project. The thing that's important to me, and I think this is, I'm somebody who obviously, my background is in theatre before I moved into film, and I still do both, is that I'm interested in a, in a very muscular actor, um, not literally physically, as in the way that they work uh, is really rigorous. And I expect them to be like a very imaginative actor as well, because I think particularly when you're on a film set, like a lot of the time, I don't have a huge amount of time to prep. And I will work a lot with kind of like imaginative improvisation. And you need an actor who's, who, who can do that, who's simply like up for that process. And that's not even necessarily an experienced thing, because sometimes you'll meet like a very unexperienced actor. But actually, that's just like naturally how they work and you'll meet very experienced actors who know what they want to do and they just want to turn up on set and say the words. 
both are fully legit, but I think that I find all the kind of like waiting around on a film set, like fairly anxiety inducing still. So I need to know that I'm going to be an actor who is constantly asking themselves questions and asking me questions and then just like doing imaginative work. So they're offering you something different with every take. I get really bummed out by actors who like are trying to perfect a performance take to take, whereas actually I think you should always be asking yourself questions and I'm always asking myself questions and then you're creating just like a much more kind of fluid, evolving process as you're directing a scene. So I am a really hands-on director when it comes to the casting process. Like there is no tape that I haven't watched. I'm suggesting actors constantly, like I'm watching things uh, that will hopefully inspire me. And and also you have to like watch everything. Like you never know where you're going to spot like the perfect actor. You know, I keep little lists all the time of actors where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe one day I'll work with them. And they could be like real like small players, but you're still like, you know, they were great. Also, again, because I've got a theatre background, I've worked with a lot of actors in my time. Um, and so I'm sort of quite good at like calling on just people from the kind of reserves of my imagination. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very hands on. And it's because I'm very, I think it's sort of your job as a member of the community to see actors, to get them seen, do you know what I mean? And to, and to feel like they are kind of entering your worldview and kind of entering your palette. And like I said, like they might, you know, I've got like dear, dear collaborators where like the first audition I ever gave them, I didn't give them the job, but we're like working together 10 years later and I've been working consistently over that time. So I sort of think like that's, that's part of your job as somebody who has like a lot of power is to be like, actually, I will go outside of you know, I'm never going to be one of the directors who's like, oh, I've got a kind of stable of actors and that's who I work with. And I keep recycling. like, that is not at all my vibe. I'm like, I want to find the like most perfect, most random person like down the back of the sofa. Joan, you know, that's what I'm much more interested in. And I think particularly when I've done projects that involved younger actors, I've really gone out of my way to be like, I will see like dozens and dozens of candidates because those people are going to be working for a long time and maybe I'm going to want to keep working with them. I I actually think it's really simple to find the actor you want to work with. And to me, it's about how they respond uh, to a note. Do you know what I mean? So it's why I think I I personally find it very hard to cast like a substantial role off of just self-tape. Like I do have to get in a room with somebody or on a Zoom or, or whatever, because to me, it's less about the performance they give and it's more about their ability to change that performance. Because I think sometimes you get an actor who gives a good performance of a performance but actually you then get into the kind of liveness of you know like rehearsing something and changing something and putting them against different actors and you suddenly go ah no you had one performance of this and actually you're not able to modulate it so my thing is always you know you've got to test somebody's ability to hear a new piece of information and then modulate their performance and it doesn't even have to be the most perfect version of that but my thing is like I'd rather have somebody who's like strong, but wrong. Like you can see them kind of swinging for the edges and it's like, oh, it was kind of crazy, but actually you totally got that there was like a change being asked of you. Nadia then dives a bit deeper into the casting process for White Girl and how looking for young actors impacted the process, as well as why it's important to find the right casting director for the specific needs of your project. I think when we were casting White Girl, um, it's really interesting because that, part is for a 15 year old girl and we saw loads of 15 year old girls we saw so many 15 year old girls 
Uh, in fact, one of them ended up in the film, although not in the lead part. And actually, we ended up going for somebody who was slightly older. I think uh, she was maybe 19 at the time that we shot it, or maybe just about to turn 20. And that was, uh, again, because of the kind of actor question, like actually what is your ability to modulate a performance over, in our case, five days? And I was sort of reminded of something that Lee Daniels said about the film Precious, which I don't think is a great film, but I, I think this is a really interesting point where he's like, you know, we saw a thousand girls who were precious, like they had lived her life experience. And then we realized we needed an actor because actually it's not necessarily always helpful to have somebody who is like too embedded in the similarity between the character and themselves. Sometimes you need somebody who's able to like step back and go, this is a performance. I understand it. I understand that. Although it may feel truer to me to do X, the story is doing Y and I need to get how I'm going to connect those two points and so you know um, the actor that we ended up working with was a little bit older she was somebody I'd worked with on a on a stage show before as well but actually the thing that I appreciate is that she got that it was like a piece of fiction do you know what I mean which I think also because that film's quite distressing we did have questions about you know somebody being too young to understand that as well and actually you know I think originally the part was written for a kind of 12 year old and I think we just had to ask ourselves like you know there was a lot of kind of like messing around and entrails and things like that and actually just about kind of the responsibility for that and and what was the kind of whether it was worth it you know what I mean to go with somebody that young and we, and we decided it wasn't um I don't think I behave massively not differently with young people I think it's a bit of a kind of misconception that they needed to be treated differently I think everybody should be treated with like equal kind of dignity and care like I think we should treat everyone in a glorious way um, and actually I think that young people are much more adult than people give them credit for and I think we treat some adult actors like idiot babies do you know what I mean like I think it should be like a lovely medium decent way to treat everyone and I think part of that is you know empowering young people to feel like actually I'm giving a full performance I'm not being treated like a child I'm a full professional who's being paid to be here but also then sort of you know, when you're shooting a film at 2am in February and it's like freezing cold outside being like, actually, you know, what is the level of sort of care that we have to give this person? So, no, I'm, you know, I'm just as robust when it comes to casting young people because I think they can take it. And, and in a way, I think that they're much better responding to um, like a change in ideas. Or you go, hey, man, what if we did this scene totally differently? I've always found they're much more like, yes, let's. Like, let's just try it and let's like not worry about it. Um, I love working with young people. It's a very uh, like provocative bit of casting. I think somebody said, you know, about that character, if you ask how old she is, you're already in trouble. And actually working with somebody who was slightly older was helpful for that. And they could understand things like, like why her kind of costuming was like slightly provocative, but also childish. And actually she had a lot of kind of agency with that as well. Be like, okay, I get it. I've also been 15 before and I'm no longer 15. So I can look back at that point in my life and go, oh, what did I know? And what didn't I know? And that was a really helpful thing. Like her and the costume designer, like built that whole look together. And actually, I think that if I'd cast a young person, they might've been like a little bit too like willing. And, and I think the other thing to consider is that, you know, like I'm doing a film that's a kind of historical drama set in the 1960s in Birmingham. Uh, and that's going to need like a huge amount of community casting. And, you know, it's set in a kind of Punjabi community and Afro-Caribbean community. 
And like, you know, I think like a film like Rocks becoming as sort of celebrated as it was really highlighted the work of casting directors doing that kind of work, where it's like you're putting together untrained actors who might be kind of community members. What happens when you put them at that level of like work, but also of kind of exposure? Do you know what I mean? It's like these things are really, you know, softly, softly catchy monkey. And it's really skilled work to be able to do that. Um, and actually, you know, not all casting directors can do that. I would say that some casting directors like that is their real strength and there are the casting directors who can go and like net you the big fish. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, great, thanks. You know, which, and which is why I think, you know, it may not be like a one casting director fits all kind of thing, actually. Like sometimes you're like, what, what does the project need? For me personally, I think it's always better to come at the stage where you've got like dates locked. It's much easier for someone to commit that way. It's much cleaner. Like either they can do it or they can't do it. It can be a bit ambivalent where it's like, oh, we're shooting in April. When, you know, someone, if they're asking for an actor with particularly limited availability, it's like, it just becomes impossible to work it out. In terms of funding, yeah, like come when you've got, got the money rather than at that stage where you don't have it and you, because it, again, it's like, well, then that can happen at any time in the future. It can take, it can take too long. It's like short films always feel quite immediate. It's like radio, people, they check your client's availability for a radio. They come through two days later and book them for dates like three weeks away. And it's like, you know that they can fit it in and it's much easier rather than sitting on dates that like might be six, seven, eight months away in the hope that someone's going to get some money. That's Deborah Woolley, an agent with independent talent who has been representing actors for almost two decades. Here she provides some insight into when and how to approach agents when you're casting your short film, whether you should be sending anything more than a script and why actors might be interested in working on your short film. In terms of like how people should approach, I can only speak for myself. I just really like a very simple, clean email. Here are my dates. Here's the offer. Quite often, like people will ask if someone or, you know, a number of clients or a a particular client, you know, individually would be interested in a project without an offer. And they sort of want us to ask, you know, would they be interested? And you just think, well, imagine like you've got to think. So many times, like I, I, I sort of think to myself, why, why is it impossible for people to to put themselves in the actor's position? Like, think if the shoe was on the other foot, how would you feel being asked if you might like to do something that you then take time to think about? You might go away and read something. You might sort of mentally rearrange your life in order to fit something in, and then you go, yes, I am interested. Only to then be like told that well no we don't want you anyway just come through with the offer particularly if it's an established actor or someone they don't even have to be that established but I think if it's anyone other than a kind of a graduate just make the offer just send a script like I don't I don't need anything else sometimes people will send like a whacking great like attachment that's got all you know like a mood board which is fine but again that's not that's not for my benefit that's for the actor it doesn't make me think, oh my gosh, I've got to send this on or, oh my God, I'm not going to send this on because it doesn't have it. Ultimately, an actor is going to choose to do a short film because, well, there are loads of reasons why they might decide to do a short film, but having a ton of accompanying materials is, <laughs> isn't going to swing it. It's not going to be a reason why they do it or not. 
In truth, I think that short films, and again, this is only my perspective and I can't speak for all agents. This is only my opinion. Um, I've always sort of thought that short films are more about directors. They're more for directors than they are for actors. If an actor is straight out of the gate and they've got no experience, then and no experience on camera, then short films are really, really useful. They're really, you know, they're great for learning about, you know, who's who, about what goes where, about who goes where. It takes away that fear of, you know, when they suddenly find themselves. It's like my, I always think this must be every actor's nightmare is like having to do one line on a Tom Cruise film. And like they turn up and it's like their first job and they, <laughs> they've got, you know, every hour of a film or every minute that they're on set is like $100,000 or something stupid. And they just comes to their moment and that they kind of they're just so overwhelmed by everything. They can't they can't do it. So in those instances, I'm like, get all the experience you can learn about being on a set. And short films are brilliant for doing that. I think with, you know, and in, in, in many ways for those younger actors it doesn't really matter what the script is it doesn't matter what the project is within reason it's just it's about more than that I think for established actors it's a much it's a different conversation if they don't really need to be doing short films then it's just more about whether they fancy it or not I think it's quite rare for more established actors to kind of take a short film because they love the part it's going to be what five minutes a film or ten minutes or you know, top 20. It's not going to be something where they can really, really get their teeth into. So it really does just become about like practical choices of, of sort of thinking, oh, well, that, that fits in between, you know, these these two gigs I'm doing. I fancy a trip to the seaside or wherever this location is, or, you know, I'm just happy to do a favour for a friend. And like fancy flexing a different muscle. It, you know, it just could be so many reasons. I don't know how you can assess really if something is worth working on and what that conversation is about, particularly with, with younger actors, you think everything is worth working on um, because it's all good experience and it's all really, really helpful. But for somebody a bit further down the line, it really just is about what they want to do. Every job has its merits. You know, sometimes actors just want to do, they just want to work. And so, you know, I've had sort of several clients like in the last year or two do way more short films than they would ordinarily have done because obviously we've been in quite un unusual circumstances. And so actually for them, it just became about, like I say, sort of flexing that muscle of kind of being able to still feel like you're an actor. Next up, Deborah talks about approaching more than one actor on an agent's list and other tips she has for navigating the relationship with an agent. You can't navigate that conversation in any other way other than by offering it to one person at a time. You know, if that person says no or they're not available, move on to the next person, but never, ever, ever, ever offer anything to more than one actor at a time. No, no good can come of this. I've seen this happen on, on emails that come in. It's like they're offering two clients or, you know, two or three clients the same job. You know, all these clients might know each other. They might be really good friends. And, you know, <laughs> In the unlikely scenario of Ian McKellen saying that, yes, he'd like to do this short film that has also been offered to, I mean, for want of a better example, Patrick Stewart. It's like, so what is it? Who's going to call first? Like, are they going to, what if they both really wanted to do it? How does that work out? You know, what do you do? Like, think about it. You know, of course, you, you, you would hate to say yes to a job only to find that your best friend was offered it at the same time or your arch enemy you know, the actor that you always go up against was offered it at the same time and they just called back first. You'd be absolutely furious about that. 
I think in terms of navigating that relationship, it's like, like, don't ask experienced actors to tape. That always just feels really wrong. And if you don't know who they are, then it's your job to do your homework. Like, if you don't know who somebody who, you know, who's been working for 40 years, you want them to be in your short film, but you want to make them jump through hoops. It's like, just educate yourself on, on this person's back catalogue. Like, don't make them take for a five minute short. It's completely disrespectful and it's really irritating. And I think it's the first hurdle to fall at. I would always offer travel and accommodation if you're not in London or, you know, you're filming somewhere and your actor doesn't live in London or you're wherever, like, just offer it and make sure that it's not, you know, <laughs> staying in your mum's spare room or something weird. Like, not that your mum's spare room is weird, but somewhere that is professional and that is feels neutral and right and proper and the other thing is if you've got no budget just be upfront about it like don't get you know 10 emails down the line and then just sort of come clean and say you've got no money just be completely upfront with everything be upfront with your offer your dates all of the you know the money all of it just don't hide behind anything that's the easiest way to do it Uh, for the main roles, uh, I do have a specific actors in mind when I write. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. <laughs> in fact, it's very useful because you can um, base personalities on real people, borrow some characteristics from them, and include those things in your script. For example, the way that uh, they play with their hair, the way that uh, they walk or move their hands. You bring their livelihood into your script. This way, you can develop your characters even further and make them richer. As a result, uh, the characters will be more believable. This could also help convince the actors to say yes to you and come on board because they can uh, hear that part in their own voice. Uh, they will be like, oh, she knows me. Fatima knows that I'm good. Uh, I'm a good fit for this role. Uh, she's written it for me. Um, they could see themselves being the character, being your character. There is a downside to this, though, to write for specific actors. You don't want to be too attached to the idea of having this specific person in your phone, because if they say no, you'll be miserable and you'll feel like, oh, my script is not castable. Uh, if they say no, for whatever reason, then that's not the end of the world. You could then um, get help from casting directors or fellow filmmakers who've had similar um, experiences. And my point is, you just need to be careful when it comes to writing for specific actors. And last but definitely not least, that's Fatima Ahmadi, an award-winning writer-director whose credits include Chandra and the BFI Network-supported Bitter Sea, which went on to be nominated for Best British Short at the Biffa Awards. Fatima starts off by discussing whether she writes scripts with specific actors in mind, before talking about her different experiences casting her short films, and how she figures out if that casting director is the right person for her film. I've had the experience of working with uh, casting directors on only two of my projects. My early films were all student films and I couldn't afford bringing on board, um, you know, a, a, a professional casting director. On Chandra, which we shot in 2014 in Kathmandu, we had a casting director uh, when we started. And with his, with his help, we kept auditioning young boys and old men who could be our Chandra and his grandfather. But then uh, a huge earthquake happened and 
it was devastating. You know, we we knew that we couldn't shoot the film with the same actors uh, that they had cast before, and our casting director couldn't be much of a help from that point. I had a co-director from Nepal on that film, so we uh, we um, street cast the boy and his grandfather together. My co um, was very helpful. She um, she worked like a hands-on casting director on BTC. I couldn't manage without a professional casting director. Um, I needed to find a Romanian and English-speaking mother and daughter, and Isabella Odufin was wonderful. She was such a joy to work with. I felt really confident when she was in the room with me, especially because uh, we we needed to audition young kids, five years old, seven years old. Uh, they would cry easily. Just being in the room with us strangers would make them cry. Uh, that made me feel terrible. Isabella was there for me, and she did a great job. She would calm them down. Um, how I figure out if they were the right person to cast my film. I did a lot of sneaky research before reaching out to anybody. I asked my fellow filmmakers about, uh, fellow filmmaker friends um, about their experience with their own casting directors on their previous projects. And not, not all of them were fond of who they had worked with. Some of them had terrible experiences, to be honest. You know, it's a very small industry and people talk, so you can easily find out um, all the information that you need by just asking around. Everyone was uh, saying nice things about Isabella and the first time that we met, all of that got confirmed. She was intelligent, she understood the story perfectly and liked the script very much. Uh, she was down to earth and easy to communicate with. She also had the experience and had great suggestions on how to find the right cast. Uh, so I knew it was her from the first meeting. Uh, the conversations that I'm having to get on the same page with, with my casting director, we talk a lot, uh, with Isabella, we talked, about, uh, we talked uh, about the story a lot and also discussed the characters in detail. You want the casting director to know your characters inside out and help you find the right actors to envisage them. I also shared my mood book with her and my research. I picked up her brain on my ideas. She helped me overcome uh, some of the doubts that I had. You know, for example, I was slightly unsure about the resemblance between mother and daughter. I was, I was worried that the audience wouldn't buy that she is her daughter because the skin tone was different and the facial features and everything. They were too different. And it, um, Isabella convinced me that it's going to work. Then Fatima expands on the challenge of finding the right actors, why trusting your gut is the only way, auditioning and working with child actors, and how she works with actors to prepare for the shoot once they have been cast. Casting can be really fun because it means your project is finally happening and your characters are standing in front of you. How wonderful is that, you know? Um, at the same time, it could be um, scary because you might make a mistake and go for the wrong actor and everything starts to go wrong from that moment. Every single person who stands in front of you could be the one but how to know. So it is it is a challenge, but I like to welcome this challenge. I learn a lot about my characters by doing the auditions and being in the room with the with the people who might fit um, who might fit the expectations. Uh, so yeah, it is a it is a it is a challenge that you know helped me grow and get better at my job. First of all, you need to be able to connect with them on the on the human level. I research uh, I research them on my own. I also ask myself a lot of questions. Do I think they look like my character? Do I think they speak and walk like my character? Do they like the script at all? Do they understand the characters? Do I think they're able to take directions? Can they work uh, in a team? Are they reliable or do they look like, do, do they uh, look slightly flaky? <laughs> now, are they able to learn their lines? How's their track record? In the end, you know, like any, it's like any other relationship. You have to listen to your heart and trust your gut. There is no other way. 
auditioning child actors and basically having them on set is way more challenging than auditioning and uh, working with uh, with adults but it's also more rewarding there's there's something about children which is magical and hooks the audience immediately and makes the story believable i think you need to find a way to make the process fun for them a bag of candy would help but it's something like a game you know if it feels like a game to them they'll enjoy doing it and if they do you're going to be you're going to you're going to be okay you're good go, you're good to go otherwise it's going to be a nightmare for everybody on set on btc i was lucky bill marie she was uh, she was five you know in the script in the script the girl was also five but normally you cast older actors who look younger than their age um, because they're they're easier to work with. She was so talented, so we decided to go ahead with her. And her family also helped us a lot. They were very supportive. Um, I also had great assistants who made friends with uh, Bill Marie on the first day and made the process really pleasant for everybody, including uh, Bill Marie herself. Once they've been cast and to help them prepare for the role, I try to get them a lot of rehearsals and workshops from the producers. We'll have uh, read-through sessions as well. I also try to film them when we rehearse. That could help make the camera invisible and make us come closer, become closer to each other. In a nutshell, they should be able to trust you and believe that you are their best ally on the set. They should feel that you're going to protect them from everything and everybody. If things go wrong in front of the, the crew, you're going to be there for them. If they feel they're, they're safe in your hands, they can be themselves in front of the camera and that's when the magic happens. Thank you for listening to Shorthand. Look out for a new episode next week that will focus on hiring your crew and where to find people to work on your short film. Thank you to our guests this week, Hannah Marie Williams, Nadia Latif, Deborah Willey and Fatima Ramadi. Shorthand is a BFI Network and Film Hub Southeast podcast produced by Nicole Davis with support from the BFI Network and ICO team. Special thanks to our editor Graciela Mechico and Epidemic for the music. <laughs>